0: Yo, it's week 14, WeSoKY podcast, back with another episode. Uh, last week to make your playoff push, either you're in it or you're just bound to drown. On this week's episode, we're going to go over, of course, our week 13 scores and our catfish of the week. We're going to have our week 14 matchups with predictions, win, lose, maybe some scores thrown in there. Uh we're going to talk about the playoff push in the NFL. We got six teams. Oh, actually, no, we're going to talk about our playoff push. We got six teams but four spots who's in the playoffs and who's probably not going to make it. Uh waiver wire pickups of the week, who's some people that y'all could pick up. We got some key injuries. We got Lamar Jackson out, uh Jimmy Garoppolo and I'm pretty sure some others that I'm thinking not thinking of right now. Uh we're going to go ooh, to Captain Kirk, T. Higgins. Is Kirk. Is Christian Kirk worth the money? Is T. Higgins a receiver one? Who would you take between the two? We're going to go over Baker Mayfield and him needing a new bakery and what's a good fit. He already landed on the team. The Rams tweeted out that they won the lottery on Twitter. I'm not so sure about that. Uh we're gonna go over who's your defensive player of the year. We got some people like you know, Parsons, Bosa, and some others we probably gonna throw out there. And then for the NFL, we're gonna throw out our top five personal power rankings. I'm gonna go ahead. Uh we got my boy Rick with me. Here. Got Mr. Braviano Rivera.
1: What it do, baby.
0: And got my boy Air Ribo. Yo. No longer the catfish, man. I'm proud of you, my boy. But going to go ahead and kick it off to Rick, man, with the week 13 scores and our new catfish.
2: Yes, sir. Uh, so I'll start with my matchup. I talked all that smack to Pete last week. Joe Mixon uh, getting uh, declared out for a concussion 24 hours before the before the game time and Jalen Waddle getting hurt. I'm using excuses. I'm using excuses and injuries as as my reasoning. But anyway, (laughs) Pete, playoff Pete, he's on his playoff surge, uh, respectfully knocked off my team. A team has no name, 97 to 68. We're going to go to Don, sipping tea in your hood, went against Neil. Don pulled it out in a nail biter, 96 to 94. Uh, continue his playoff push as well Don we on a collision course uh week one of the playoffs bro uh then you got our boys brew keeping his playoff hopes alive uh, beating Bravo in game 74 to 65 you have Gimme strength Coleman knocking off Camo, putting a damper on his playoff hopes as well 97 to 83. Kane continues his uh miraculous run. It's actually a close game. He knocked off Meech Go-Getters, who was currently in ninth place and fighting for playoff spot as well, 115 to 111. Another close game, and I thought Aaron Ribbo was going to pull this one out. But uh, the new King Jones, who slid into the playoffs, I didn't even know he was. his record was like that. He slid into the playoff spot right now. He knocked off Rib, 107 to 106. And when I say that, it was 107.02 to 106.34, so it wasn't even a whole point. And then lastly, you got Show Me the Money Vince. He knocked off Ron um, in the matchup. It doesn't matter because neither of them are making the playoffs, uh, 108 to 87. Overall, it was a good week of scores. I don't think anybody really got blow, blown out. A lot of people lost their spot in the playoffs and is really relying on his last week to try to get in. Don, back to you.
0: Yeah, man, it's close for that playoff push, which we'll talk about in a little later in the episode. We're going to go over the week 14 matchups, final week of the regular season, the final playoff push you can get, and I'm going to kick it off to the
1: homie Bravo with our predictions. All right, let's get it. So, as stated before, man, we got some, some tight races coming down here to the final week of the regular season. Um, spots five through ten. Six teams and, what, four spots left in the playoffs. So we got some matchups that's going to determine a lot of those spots. So first matchup on the list is the I'll-see-you-next-year bowl, me versus Rob, in-game versus kiss-your-money-goodbye. We can both kiss our money goodbye because ain't neither one of us making the playoffs. Right now it's looking like a tight, uh, tight race. It's got me projected to win by one, but I don't have a lot of faith in my team, so we'll just see what happens on Sunday. Next, we got Jones, the new king, one of our surprise playoff teams. But unfortunately, he's going up against Pete, respectfully, who's the number two seed right now. Right now, Pete's projected to win. I feel like, I don't know why. I just got a gut feeling Jones is going to pull this one out and sneak into the playoffs. Next, a matchup that definitely is going to determine somebody's playoff position. We got Don's. If it's in your hood versus Coleman, give me strength. I'm going to say Don's going to take this one on the simple fact that Coleman has lost his heavy hitter f- for a while. He had Lamar Jackson starting the quarterback, and as we know, Lamar's going to be down for a few weeks. No Lamar equals no victory. I got Don pulling this one out. Next, we got a one-versus-seven matchup, another one that's going to determine a playoff spot. It is your favorite piece of bacon, Kane versus the IR boys, Brew. Right now, Brew is slated to get destroyed. I don't know if he has not set his lineup yet, but projections say Kane 108, Brew 69. Hope it don't play out like that. Next, we got Kamo, all of no trust, who took a hit to his playoff position last week versus Rick, a team has no name and it's another matchup where it looks like somebody's about to get destroyed. Currently we got Rick projected to win one hundred to fifty eight. Again, I don't know if Camo hasn't set his lineup or if he doesn't have anybody to set, but I hope it doesn't play out well. Hey Bravo, we can't hear you. Something wrong with your
2: audio over. What matchup he left leave off on? Uh, I think it was me and Camo. Can you hear me now? Yeah, no. yeah. All
1: right, bet. You said I left off on you and Camo? Mm-hmm. All I right, let's back in. All right, so next we got Go-Getters, which is Meach. He got the number nine spot, also vying for a playoff spot. And he got a good shot to get in because um, he gets to play our bottom feeder, Ron, a.k.a. Um... Go what's, his re- what's his real name? <laughs> Derek. <laughs> Derek. Ron, a.k.a. Derek, a.k.a. Berg, a.k.a. the High Rollers. Right now, he's actually projected to win this game, so it'll be interesting how to see how that one plays out. And then last but not least, we got our number three seed, Devin, uphill versus Vince. Show me the money. Who's currently sitting at 11? Vince don't really have a dog in the fight. Devin's set for a playoff push, and he's also currently projected to win that game by about – 13 or 14 points, so i say Devin's going to pick that dub up. That is our wrap-up for the Week 14 matchups. Don, I'm going to send it back to you. All
0: right, next we're going to dive right into it. Uh, playoff push in our league. We got six teams vying for four spots. Last week to make a move, Rob, looking at the standings and the matchups, and of course, point score because that's the ultimate tiebreaker in our league. You better put up some points. Who do you think's gonna make it?
3: I mean, Daniel has to win, or he's out. Because me, I think Meech is gonna win too. If Meech wins, he's in. And then if Jones wins, he's in too. If, even if Jones loses. He's in. I don't think Daniel. I don't think Daniel can make up enough points to catch Jones, even if he loses. And Camo has to win to even have the same record as Jones. So I think it's going to be Jones and Meach. Man, I mean, I think that's has. Regardless of how it shakes out, if they win, that's who's going to be in. If Daniel can, who Daniel face for the matchup? Hi. He's toast. Yeah yeah, 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 man. Like I said, man, it's, it's Jones and uh, it's Jones with Meach, man. They got it. The new king finally, finally makes some noise, man.
0: Rick, you see anything different for that as far as our playoff push goes?
2: And I one thousand percent agree with real. I mean, uh, as far as my my matchup with Combo, Combo has them They're his whole team on bye week. Like all of his running backs, he has uh Aaron Jones, David Montgomery, and Brian Robinson. They're all on bye week. His tight ends on bye week. That's why he's scheduled to get fifty-eight points. So he has to hit the waiver wire to find two running backs, a flex, and a tight end with nineteen moves left. And there, you know how our waiver wire is. So I don't. I don't think Kamal has a good shot. And Brew, he's facing Kane, like Rib said. The problem is with these teams. Uh, is uh. Meach has Kenneth Walker. He's hurt too. So I think that hurts Meach a little bit. But like Rib said, he's playing Ron and Ron's been playing with <laughs> the pick of the litter running backs for quite some time. So um yeah, I agree with Rib. I think it's gonna be uh I think it's gonna be Meach and Jones. Jones slid in. I ain't even i when I woke up in the morning, I wasn't expecting to see Jones anywhere near the top ten. So, I, I guess I just ain't been paying attention to his record, bro. Like, he slid in there real smooth, bro. But really? had to win last week, I thought, to to get in because these bye weeks I knew it was coming up and it was going to smoke him out.
3: I probably missed the playoffs by less than one point. Probably. Bad as a year as it's been. Yeah.
2: Somebody with seven losses is going seven or eight losses is going to probably get in, bro. That's Yo. crazy. bro.
0: Bravo, you see anything different than what these two said with the playoff
1: push? Nah, um, so out of the six teams vying for the four spots, um, I like you to get in, Don. I like Jones to get in, I like Meach. And honestly, like, I know y'all say Brew can't get in, but the only other person because Camo is going to get beat. And I don't feel like his team's going to score a lot of points. I don't feel like Bruce team's going to score a lot of points either, but I feel like his could possibly put up more than Kamo and he might somehow get one of them final four spots, but I don't know. For the most part, I, I agree with what everybody else. said. Um, Meech and Jones rounding out the playoffs and uh, we go from there.
2: Well, you, well, I mean, Coleman's, I think Don and Coleman are locks. Are they? Yeah,
1: I so. yeah, yeah, yeah. They only got yeah, they six losses. Score. Okay, and then, okay. And for real, I'm okay. be
3: honest. If if Jones wins, he's pretty much locked in because he scored. Yeah, he
2: scored, Jones put yeah, points up, bro. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. and Don's yeah. put up more than him, so yeah. But Don, it's Don's depend, it, it depends on. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I like Meech and uh, I like and Jones getting in. Yeah, um, Brew and Camo both have some of the two of the lowest scoring teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just don't look good for you though man brew has the misfortune of having to play Kane, so the odds aren't in his favor this week yeah yeah man i
0: only think Camo loses because of who he's matched up with this week is rick he has some pieces to put in honestly he only really needs to pick up a tight end because he can slide james cook in there don't really know what we're gonna get out of him but he could get some goal line carries never know what that buffalo backfield for real he can slide Kareem Hunt in. He seems like he's been tapering off since that trade deadline. It don't really seem like the Browns are trying to really even give him any more burn no more. Kind of like driving down his value. Hopefully, they probably resign him next year, but I certainly think he's out of Cleveland after this season. For sure. He can slide in Van Jefferson into the flex spot, but with the quarterbacks, the Rams might be fielding this week. That's probably not a good look either. Brew, he has one move left. He's one of the lowest-scoring teams. I'm not sure why he hasn't picked up a quarterback yet because both of his quarterbacks are either hurt or I think they don't buy one or the other. But, yeah, uh, I like me. I like, uh, I like Jones. It's crazy how many points has been scored against him. I think he has the most points put up against a single GM this year. And, yeah, Meech, man, it always comes down to points with them records. But uh, going to the next topic, we got playoff waiver wire pickups and who is trending, of course, in our league at this point of the year, what is waivers. But to other people across different leagues, um, there might be some people they can pick up. Uh, Rick, who do you see with some players that could have possibly been picked up for some other GMs outside of our league, of course?
2: uh. I mean like you said it's 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 scary so are you just are you saying like if you was in another league and players that might be out there cuz it ain't 14 teams or are you just saying in our league in general
0: in other leagues like for instance we had Lamar Jackson come out so yeah there's yeah. another quarterback out there
2: yeah so like in a couple leagues I was in uh Darius Slayton was available um uh, and he's he's had some good some good games uh recently he the only the only problem is man he's going against that the phillies or I said the Phillies, the Eagles, man, they they secondary is is nothing to play with. Uh, and then if you want to go tight end, the the Dolchich kid from uh, Denver was available. Evan Ingram was available. Uh, James Cook, like you just mentioned, they were they was available. Uh, I would look at some defenses too. Um, one one strategy that I have in the other leagues that I'm in is I don't pick a defense to roll with the whole season. Like I just Whoever's scheduled to, to do good. I know everybody's not going to pick the top three defenses. I just always switch them out. So definitely look at your defenses. Uh Kyron Williams from the Rams. Um and pick up Samaj P. Ryan too. Cause like I said, Joe Mixon last minute told me he was uh he wasn't playing playing for a team that has no name this week. So uh, definitely pick up Samaj P. Ryan. But other than that, man, it's, it's scarce as far as your quarterbacks. I mean, Tyler Huntley did come in and play well when Lamar got hurt. I think it was last year. So, I mean, I don't think it will be a bad pickup for somebody who needed them for a couple weeks. Um, uh, as far as everybody else, i my, my, my man Daniel Jones is a, is a top 10, uh, fantasy player in our league. So if he's available in y'all's league, I'd go pick him up because that's a dual threat. Um, and other than that, man, that's about it. It's it's like you said, it's, it's being everywhere, especially with the playoffs coming up. So that's what I think. For
0: sure. Robin Bravo, outside of the names he picked, did y'all see anybody else? I don't want to move on to the next topic too quick.
1: Um. So... A viable option this week, if he's available in your league, he is in ours. But Ryan Tannehill, if he's out there, you can go grab him. I don't know if it's necessarily a long-term solution, but they do play Jacksonville this week. So if you're in one of those positions where you're fighting for a playoff spot and you might have lost Jimmy G or um, Lamar, Tannehill might be a good option. Also, um, I mean, they haven't been super explosive, but the Steelers are starting to come on here at the back end of the season. And Kenny Pickett is probably available in your league. Um, Again, might not be a big, huge game, but they do play the Ravens who, you know, sometimes they have up and down games on defense. So if you're just desperate for a quarterback, Kenny Pickett's out there for you. But for the most part, like, it's probably thin across the board um, in all leagues, not just ours. Um, Of course, whatever the running back situation is in Seattle, uh, is Rashad Penny still there? Is he hurt? He's heard out for the season. Well, there you go. DJ Dallas, if he's available, go pick him up because he's going to be the next man in line with Kenneth Walker, Kenneth Walker going down. But outside of that, man, um, not really a whole lot happening as far as free agents. Rob, did you have anything to add to that?
3: Uh, Huntley from the Ravens. Like, every time he plays and he actually has time to game plan for the start, he always does pretty decently. So, um, And he scores – a decent amount of points every time, and I actually just picked him up over both of those guys, Bravo, just named, and I was looking for Daniel Jones, but he's not out there in one of my other leagues, so. Yeah, and I know people don't really look high
0: on Vanilla Vic, Daniel Jones, but in our league right now, currently as it stands, he's QB9, and he was drafted in the 14th, the final round in our draft, so, I mean, hella upside there if he was able to snatch him late. Um, over to our next topic. I'm gonna kind of split it up. I want to talk about Christian Kirk over there and well, down there in Jacksonville with the Jaguars. Um, over this offseason, he signed a four year, $72 million contract. I was completely flabbergasted at the time, considering what he was in Arizona previously. Um, uh, I think he somewhat proved he's worth the money bravo what do you think about christian kirk and what he's been able to do this season with trevor lawrence in his second year
1: um so the 72 mil i don't know i mean the deal was a little questionable considering what he did in arizona because i mean if i'm being completely honest i don't feel like he did enough to earn 72 million dollars um i mean he's obviously had better numbers in jacksonville but i mean is that a matter of he's just gotten better, or is that a matter of uh, he's getting more opportunity? Because, I mean, he's the number one in Jacksonville. You know, he was in Arizona at one point. I mean, I don't know if he was necessarily the number one, but he was getting some looks, but once they picked up DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, those looks are going to decrease. So, I don't know. I'd say the jury's still out. I won't say yay or nay, but I personally wouldn't have given him $72 72 off the rip. Maybe, you know, the option to get to that number via incentives and performance, but as of now, you know, I'd say the jury's still out. He hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been great either. Rick, what you think about Christian Kirk?
2: So I was completely wrong because at the beginning of the, of the season, I was like, why the hell are they giving that man all that money for? What has he done to prove uh, that he, he he deserves that money? He has 839 receiving yards and seven touchdowns this year. I think it's more of a, uh indictment on Kyler Murray than it is him. I don't think Kyler Murray is the the prototypical quarterback. He's he's more of a, a running quarterback. And Je- uh, Trevor Lawrence is is more of that a t- prototypical quarterback. I think uh he passes better uh and he reads the field better. And Christian Kirk playing in that slot, I think they're utilizing his talents. Cause I don't know if y'all watched a lot of Arizona games with Kirk in, but he was he was kind of the same uh in that same field as Rondell Moore. They was just trying to throw the ball deep to him. And in Jacksonville, he gets a lot of uh, short passes. He runs a lot of slants. Like I said, he's in that slot. And then he ain't just a big play receiver like Trevor Lawrence relies on him. He's his favorite target. So I think he was worth the money. If you would have asked me at the beginning, I would have said, hell no. But right now, absolutely.
0: Definitely feel it. Rob, what do you think about uh, Christian Kirk, the money he's
3: got, and has he proven that he's worth the ticket? um you work for whatever somebody's willing to pay you so i guess that he, he is worth it i mean he's got decent stats this year how many games is left five five games uh so yeah he's definitely going up a thousand um wish he'd probably get a little bit more touchdowns but honestly i think that might be on uh trevor lawrence more than you know more than him um but honestly too i don't know how long i don't know how much they get into the red zone either so It may not all be on him, but, uh, I I think he's worth it. You know, it's not a crazy amount of money, you know, for a receiver right now. So he's worth it. I can
0: definitely feel it right now in our league. Anyway, um, non PPR, we play by standard he's receiver 11. So wherever he was drafted in our league, he was worth it. I'm pretty sure he was a mid round pick and, uh, he's definitely turned up for Jones. Um, He's had some letdown games, but I feel like he came out in the season very strong. And most of that is probably due to the quarterback change. Trevor Lawrence has definitely improved this year under uh, Doug Peterson. But um, before we dive into this next topic here, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to talk about Mr. T. Higgins. Is he a receiver one, or is he just a product of his environment? But we're going to be right back, and we're going to dive right back into that for y'all. All right, y'all, we back. We so KY, week 14 episode. Had to take a short break. Uh, commercial break was sponsored by GoFundMe as we're still trying to get Derek Ronberg his money back for his uh, <laughs> <laughs> attempts at uh, whatever he was trying to do this year. But, um, going into T Higgins, is he a receiver? One, is he a product of his environment? Um, does he benefit from having Joe Burrow? Does he benefit from playing opposite of Jamar Chase most of the time? I mean, we kind of see when he did, like when Jamar Chase was out. This has been a huge topic in our personal chat uh, for some time. Uh, Rick, that's your man. So I'm gonna kick it off to you first on this one.
2: Yeah, man. Uh, his rookie year, he had, he only played 12 games, and he had uh, 861 yards and five tubs. Then Jamar Chase came in. He played 14 games and he had over a thousand yards and six tubs. And we uh, what we got about five games left. Right now he's got uh 908 yards and six tubs. Uh. I think there's different tiers. I think, like, because we talk about this a lot, I don't want people to get misconstrued where I'm saying like he's uh, Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams or on Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup. Like, I don't think he's on that level yet. I think he could be, but I don't think he's on that level. But you have that, you have that class of receivers, and then you have the regular number one wide receivers. He could go on. Was there how many NFL teams is this? Thirty two. Okay, there's 32 NFL teams. He can go be number one receiver on half of them and put up 13, 1400 yards and get about 10, 11 touchdowns. He, I don't know. I mean, game, Bengals games people watch, but he, he goes crazy, bro. Like he, he's he's a big receiver. He wins the 50-50 balls. He runs good routes. He's just there with Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd. Like, to me, I get the whole with Jamar Chase is there, so. He's not getting doubled, but so is Tyler Boyd. So to be on a team with three really good receivers and to still have over 1,000 yards and six touchdowns, bro, you're not, you're not like you no know, number two in my eyes. I think he's the number one receiver. I'm also biased, but I think he's number one.
0: For sure. Before I kick it to someone else, right now he's receiver 13 in our standard scoring lead. I'm going to name the receivers ahead of him. Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill. Diggs, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, Jalen Waddle, C.D. Lamb, Cooper Cup, St. Brown with the Lions, Amari Cooper, Christian Kirk, Tyler Lockett, and then there's T. Higgins. People behind them, Terry McLaurin, Jamar Chase, D.K. Metcalf, Debo Samuel, Curtis Samuel, Ah, he's actually not worth naming, Mike Evans, D.J. Moore, Michael Pittman, Juju Smith-Schuster, DeAndre Hopkins was suspended for a good portion of the league, but he's ahead of him. Chris Godwin was injured for a portion of the league, but he's ahead of him as well. So he's sitting in good territory. Rob, do you think he can potentially be a receiver one, like someone's main target? Like, obviously he's not a superstar. He's not on that first tier, maybe second tier, but I comfortably put him in the third. What do you think?
3: Uh, If you're on the third tier of number one receivers, are you a number one receiver? You get what I'm saying? That's that's my thing. It's like, how many tiers of it of, of number one receivers is it before you're like, hey, maybe he's just not that? And I'm just saying, I know he only played 12 games, but look at where the Bengals were when he was there. And then as soon as, you know, I just don't think he's an impact player. So I don't think he's a bad player. I think he's certainly better than Michael Pittman for sure. But also, too, I'm watching Michael Pittman. He can't get open. I mean, so I think T. Higgins is a better player than him. Also, too, I think he plays in a better offense than Michael Pittman. But, like, I don't think he's better than Terry McGorn. I Like, I just think he just plays in Washington. And that's why he has three touchdowns with the mix of Carson Wentz and Taylor Hardenke. You know what I mean? Like, and he still has 900 yards. So, I don't know. I mean, I – I like T Higgins. I just don't think he's at number one, but there's nothing wrong with being a number two, a number two guy. I don't think there's a lot of number one receivers in the league. That's why people are always like when they're on the market, like that's why they go for a lot.
0: Okay. You quick know? question within the question. Do you consider Mike Evans a receiver one? Yeah. All right. I want you to look at that two stats real quick.
3: This year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, Bro, when you so when you really talking like you really gonna take like just say this out loud, bro. Is is there any conversation between Mike Evans and T Higgins? Uh well, T. stats this year, yeah. it is. All right,
2: all right, <laughs> bravo. He's not, he's not better than Mike Evans, bro. And T, uh, T. T. Uh, yeah, you know, what I mean? like,
3: yeah, I'm bad. not like a huge Mike Evans fan, but I don't, no, nah, I don't think he's close to him.
0: I was saying we have our numbers, and that's what we mainly have to look at. But Bravo, T Higgins, what he's done. Do you think he can be a receiver one on somebody else's team? And
1: honestly, do you just think he's a product of his environment? Um, I like T Higgins. Um, I think he's a very good receiver. Am I sold on him being a true number one? I don't know. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, because again, you do have the luxury of Getting the ball thrown to you from Joe Burrow, you also have the luxury of playing with Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd. So you have two, you have one elite receiver on the other side of you, and you have another very good receiver out there with you. So um, I think we, I don't think we'll know until we had to, we'd have to see him do it an entire season on his own. It's kind of like, like this makes me think about the Steelers when they had A B and Juju, and everybody thought Juju was the next one up but as soon as A.B. was out of that lineup and Juju had to be the number one, his numbers dropped dramatically. So I think this could be that type of situation, but we're not sure until we see it. So as of now, I'm going to say he's a wide receiver two, maybe a wide receiver one A just because of his situation and the scheme and team he happens to play on.
0: I definitely feel it. We had a Madden League during the pandemic. Can we all agree that T. Higgins at least has a star trait? Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) We at least agree on that. All right, cool, man. Uh, On to the next subject, we got Baker Mayfield. Um, When we put the subject in, he wasn't with the Rams, but he's now with the Rams. Uh, Bravo, bouncing it right back to you, do you think, honestly, he could play tomorrow night um, with reading the playbook over two – two days, I believe. Do you think that's a good fit? Can Sean
1: McVay save him? I mean, I don't know what to tell you, bro. I mean, you know. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, it's the Rams, so, you know, there's literally no love there. And it's like, mathematically, can they still make the playoffs? I don't think they can. So I don't really understand the point of, like, picking up Baker Mayfield. Because of like, if you're not gonna get in the playoffs, then what you playing for?
2: They're uh, out this week with a loss. They're still mathematically in, but they're out if they lose. But I mean, they could okay, mathematically they're still in. But are
1: we if we keep it all the way hundred, the Rams ain't going into the playoffs this year. Not retired. Like, they're not getting to the playoffs. So you might as well have stuck with Josh. Uh, what's the other guy they got? Perkins Josh Johnson. Nah, Josh. We signed Josh Johnson. Uh, uh, they got Perkins, and I don't even remember the other kid's name. But I mean,
2: Wofford.
1: What, yeah, Watford or something like that. So you don't really have any real shot at making the playoffs. Um, So I don't really understand why they picked up Baker. Um I don't know, bro. I just feel like Baker had his – I mean, he had like one or two good years. His rookie season was decent in Cleveland. Then he had another season he came back. I think he took them to like an 11-5 record. And then it's just been downhill from there. Um Then, you know, he gets another opportunity in Carolina. Mind you, Carolina ain't the best situation. But, again, he didn't really show anything for them to keep him on the roster. Like, just just put this into context for you. They cut Baker Mayfield and kept Sam Darnold. So, I mean, if that that to me tells me all I need to know. They got more faith in Sam Darnold than they got in Baker Mayfield. And we all know Sam Darnold is poop, period. So... I don't really know the point of the Rams signing Darnold. Maybe they thought, like, they were hurting us and we didn't even put a waiver claim in for him. <laughs> so, I don't know. But, yeah, man, I don't I don't think Sean McVay can save him That boy washed up. We're going to go ahead and uh, – he, you know, he can be a serviceable backup. You know, him and Zach Wilson can be backups for the rest of their careers. Um, nah, Sean McVay can't save him.
0: I, I think the only reason they picked him up is Rams don't own a first round pick this year. That's going to Detroit. Right now it's like a top seven pick, I believe. So tanking doesn't go in their favor. Nobody tanks for a second round pick. Uh Rick, do you think Sean McVay can bring some worth back to him? This is like his third team in two seasons, I believe.
2: No. He cannot. Simply put, bro. Like he was He was in Cleveland with uh, Odell and Jarvis Landry, and I think Austin Hooper was there, and he couldn't get the job done with them. He's going to the Rams with Van Jefferson as their number one receiver right now. And he couldn't get the job done with D.J. Moore and Robbie Anderson in Carolina. I don't care who your coach is. Either you got it or you don't. And I remember uh, him making a little comment a couple years ago about uh, saying if he was the Giants, he wouldn't wouldn't have drafted Daniel Jones. Well, it looks like the Browns shouldn't have drafted you number one, big guy, because you ain't it. I tried to get Baker uh, Grace when he was in Cleveland, but I just don't I don't think he has it as a quarterback. Great. He's a, he's another example of a great college quarterback that couldn't cut it in the NFL. Um, I don't care. I mean, he's going to be given a million chances because he was just the former number one overall pick, and he had a couple good seasons, I guess. But, no, nah, it, the sale's about to ship on Big Baker, man.
0: Yeah. I can't see him I can't see another team giving him another starting opportunity, not unless the Falcons want to run another experiment next year. Or maybe the coach. You know, they like playing quarterback roulette. But Rob, what you think about Baker
3: Mayfield, man? Uh do you think Sean McVay can save him? Nah, man. I, I think they get a compensatory pick next year if somebody picks him up next year. All somebody ha- all he has to do is make the roster next year and the Rams get a pick back. They don't have any picks, so that's a way for them to get one back smart move by them it cost him a million dollars I would have did the same thing because I even think Weatherford's hurt so let Baker Mayfield come in give him give him an audition with a better coach with a better scheme maybe you know he's got what five games to figure something out you know look at least decent so like you said it doesn't it doesn't make sense for the Rams to tank they're not going to do that but they can get an extra pick they know he's not coming back next year and they know Odell's not coming so I think it's what they did there for. Definitely a great point with the
0: compensation pick there. Um, going on to our next topic, we got who is your defensive player of the year at this point? Uh, we got Parsons with Dallas. Um, I think he's a great choice. We got Nick Bosa with the 49ers, another great choice. Um, and, of course, I believe there's probably two, three, maybe a handful of others. Bravo you're a 49ers fan so Nick Bosa plays for your team who do you think is the defensive player of the year up until this point
1: um you know I'm I am a 49ers fan so obviously you you'll feel like there's going to be some bias but you know if 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 the numbers didn't tell the story I would be honest but if you go look at the numbers All Bosa's numbers are better it's just we don't hear about Nick Bosa because the media only talks about the 49ers defensive defense as a unit and they don't really give Nick Bosa like individual accolades. Whenever we hear about Dallas defense, all you hear about is Micah Parsons. So I think it's a media driven thing, but you know, we shared the the graphic a little bit earlier. Nick Bosa leads in sacks, leads league in sacks, actually. He leads in, he has more hurries. He has more quarterback pressures. He has more tackles for loss. Like he's literally leading in every statistical category. So right now he's the defensive player of the year, but Micah Parsons, it's definitely a dog that I would love to have on my team any day.
0: I definitely feel you. Um, Nick Bosa is leading in a lot of categories and just his last game. He had, what, three sacks?
1: Three sacks. And, and it two was early. <laughs> three sacks and two forced fumbles. Yeah. Rob, who's your defensive player of the year so far?
3: You on mute. Uh... I mean, honestly, I guess you have to go Nick Bosa for real. I mean, Matt Ryan for real. I'm going to say that. Matt Ryan. Right. I'm going to I'm gonna go there. That's my answer.
2: Matt Ryan.
0: Hey, Rick, man, who you got for defensive player of the year so far?
2: I'm about to go a different direction, bro. My defensive player of the year is Sauce Gardner.
0: Mm-hmm. Can't even be mad at you, man. Sure who's that? Can't even be mad at you. Can't be mad at you with that one. I think he definitely got defensive rookie of the year. I don't, I don't think there's no second guessing that. Uh, another topic we have is our NFL Power Rankings top five. Rob, I think you had a questionable top five last time. I think the Titans was in yours, fam. Uh, <laughs> who's your top five right now? They still in there
3: because they just got
0: smacked
3: last week. Man, I, I look, I, I don't know, I don't know what they was doing, but you know, honestly, I, I, they're still going to make the playoffs. I mean, there's no way they're not winning the division. Um, man, give me some time. Come back to me. Come back to me. Rick, man, who's your top five? They
2: don't have to be in order, man. Uh, I would go Philly, one. I would go Minnesota, two. Um, I would go Kansas City, three. I would go Buffalo, four. And I'm going to go Cincinnati, five, bro. They just knocked the Chiefs off, and it's that time of year like they did last year. They streaking. They got chased back. They're getting healthy. So I'm going to put – it's between them and San Francisco, but with Jimmy Garoppolo going down, I just couldn't see myself putting them over uh, Joe Burrow and company right now. I
0: can dig it. To run Mines down is pretty much the standings in the league. I got Philly. I got Minnesota. I got Buffalo. And – I actually do have the Niners right there. Because even when Jimmy Garoppolo went out, they handled a business. And I can't be mad at that. So there's mines right there. I think Kansas City and Cincinnati's right there, along with the Dolphins. They can bounce right back in there too. But Bravo, who is your
1: top five? All right. My five disorder. Philly number one. Um as much as I hate to say it just the way they've looked lately, Dallas, number two, Dallas is great on defense and their offense has been crazy the last few weeks. Um, I like Kansas city at number three. Um, I like, I don't know, man. I mean, a lot of people got Buffalo up there. high. I'm not going to lie. I'm not very big on Buffalo. Um, I just, especially with Von Miller now going down. So I'm not, I don't have Buffalo in my top five. I'm going to put Cincinnati at four. Cincinnati is really hot right now. And, like, just watching the game in its entirety against Kansas City, not only were they clicking on offense, but their defense looks really good right now. And then I'm going to put us in the number five spot. Um, yeah, we did lose Jimmy G, but our defense is playing at historic levels right now. Um, and we've seen in the past, like, a, a not a great de- defense, but an elite defense is enough to carry you. To a title because we've seen some very average quarterbacks win Super Bowls with very good defenses. So, Philly, Dallas, KC, Cincinnati, San Francisco, my top five.
0: You muted, Don. All right, Rob, you ready to turn in your homework?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, I've been hearing y'all still. I'm gonna put the Eagles one, and then I'm gonna go the Chiefs two. I'm gonna go the Bills three, the Vikings four. Better not say the Titans. No, nah, man, you can't. I can't say the Titans, but I'm gonna go Cincinnati. I'm gonna go Cincinnati. I got one NFC. There's two NFC teams in there. Um. I get everybody's impressed by the 49ers. I'm not, man. When I seen them go against Kansas City, man, they got smoked. Like, I don't give a fuck who was out, man. They, I'm sorry, but they got smoked. Like, I it mean, was, Kansas
1: City smokes a lot of teams, though.
3: Yeah, I so, know, but that's who you're going to be playing when you get to the Super Bowl. And that's who, you, who that's how I'm kind of pitting this. If we
1: go this for, I, I just, okay. Uh, okay. So to come back on that, all right. So you, San Francisco, can't make the top five because they got smoked, but you don't even have Dallas in your top five, but you got Minnesota who got beat by 40 by Dallas. That don't make – no top five team is losing the game by 40 points. That's not true. Tom Brady's – Tom, Tom, Tom Brady's top team is getting beat by 40 at Tom home. Brady, Tom Brady's done that several
3: times with the Patriots, and they did, the, and they did that with the Chiefs. They got beat by
1: 40 points? At home, they getting, yeah, they was gonna be by like thirty. Bro, I I just don't believe in it. The Vikings are. Don't get me wrong. It, I think they're solid. I don't think they're. If, if, if you want to be, if you want to be honest, you can even take the Vikings out of there for real. I'm just, I'm not even trusting them. I'm not trusting none of these NFC. But teams. I don't understand, like, how is I understand a lot of people don't like it, but the Cowboys are a top five team in the league, bro. The Cowboys have to be in your top five, fam. Their offense and their defense uh, no, no, is no, no, one of no, listen, tops in the league. Yeah.
3: Listen, I watched the, I don't know about you, I suffered through the entire Cowboys-Colts game. Bro, I was not impressed watching Dallas whatsoever until the fourth quarter when Matt Ryan gave them the ball, how many times in a row, and then Mo Cox did the same thing. Bro, Okay, set up within the 20. They are not as good
1: as advertised. Okay, so this is, but, but listen, this is the same Colts team that the Eagles barely beat, and you got the Eagles at number one.
3: Yeah, I know. And they beat the Chiefs also. That's what I'm saying. I don't think that like, but that's but that's what I'm using that team as a barometer is like, yo, Matt Ryan just turned the ball over a lot. And they just wasn't that impressive. What I was impressed with was they was running the ball on us like crazy. And they kind of figured out a way to get C D Lamb open. But also, too, that's kind of easy to do on the coast because we don't adjust to anything on
1: defense. I mean, I, I feel you. Let me be clear. I think Dallas is going to do Dallas things once the playoffs actually start. But right now, I feel like they're a top-five team in the league.
2: The Eagles only, also only got one loss. So, you, I mean, you Yeah, be- so the Eagles
1: are always going to – I'm going to pick the Eagles at number one. I'm just saying, though, like the Eagles. But I'm saying you can't – I feel like you can't use the coach as a parameter for judging the team when you got the number one team who struggled to beat the same team and another team who beat them and say, like, well, I'm not impressed because they barely beat the team. Uh, people, pe- team, people have bad games, but I've just not been impressed by Dallas
3: all year. I just think the whole NFC East has had an easy schedule, but even with that Eagles game, man, man, like I don't know how they lost their Commanders game, but yo, like they always find a way. And I mean, it's and it's the same thing with it's the same thing, honestly, with the Vikings. Yo, it's just a lot of this is luck. And last year they lost like eight games for like one possession, and it came yeah. down to, like something, something crazy, like the last two minutes of the game or something. So. They're just having an inverse year of last year, so. So you have the
1: Vikings over the Cowboys, even though the Cowboys beat the Vikings. I don't like I the Cowboys, man.
3: Home. Maybe that's what it is, you know? That's Maybe what it is. I mean, true. I don't
1: like the Cowboys either, but it don't you make know, also, sense to have the, the Vikings ahead of them when they beat the Vikings by 40 at Minnesota. They they're 13 they and 2 bro. They did beat the Vikings. The,
2: the, the Vikings
1: are 10-2. I, I Listen, I'm not worried about – listen, we talking about weak records. The Vikings got the win over uh, – who's the best win the Vikings got this year? The yeah. Vikings
2: actually have a way tougher schedule than any team in the NFC East. They actually have the 12th toughest schedule in the league coming in. They've beaten, uh, let's see, they beat the Dolphins. The Bills. They beat the Bills. They beat the Commanders. The Do- yep, Dolphins. they a- 75. And they beat the Patriots. they a- and-
1: 66.
2: The Cowboys. Oh, have just I mean,
1: I, I get it. Like, you can definitely make an argument for everybody. Just for me, I guess head-to-head matchups yeah. mean more.
2: The Cowboys yeah. have just beaten the uh, Vikings, and they beat us by. A and total. they
1: beat them by forty.
2: And they beat us by a at Minnesota. Time.
1: They beat them by forty at Minnesota, bro. Minnesota makes it a habit of losing by
3: like forty, though. That was a primetime game, too, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. They yeah, did so, it I'm saying head-to-head matchups mean something. But I mean again, it's not a I'm yeah. not agreeing that, that the the Vikings aren't one of the top teams. I just don't think they're top five.
0: Okay. Uh to really back in, uh, we was talking about something before we hit the record. We was talking about rookie quarterbacks possibly even getting pushed in too early. Uh I believe we was talking about fields, how he possibly could have just sat last year. Um, especially just seeing the way he's performing this year. Do y'all think more teams should be more conservative with their early-round QB picks? Or do y'all think they should just play right away? Because it's not like they're getting the contracts that them top picks used to get where you was on the clock as soon as the season ended. Uh, Rob, you made some good points. What do you feel about rookie quarterbacks being put in too early?
3: Um, It's... You just it's just who is your quarterback that matters who that player is. You know what I mean? Like I think Josh Allen kind of needed to start year one because he, you know, it's, it's just kind of who he was. Like he wasn't that he man, he was bad, but I think he needed to play through that. But Justin Fields, man, he was just taking a, a lot of abuse last year. That was a bad team. I don't think he needed to play. I think he just needed a better system and somebody just to actually adjust to them. And actually when they tried to this year, he's looked like a, totally different quarterback so I think Fields could have sat and, 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 and chilled um I think Trevor Lawrence had to start if you're you know if you're you know we know you since you're in middle school you have to come in day one and start it's just he had a reminder you know so it just matters you know who you are and then where you drafted to and then what team you know and then what you're asked to do Trey Lance hell no Trey Lance shouldn't have started you know but maybe in a year, Trey Lance kind of looks at least like Jordan uh, – what's his name? Jordan Love looked in that game when he had to come in for Aaron Rodgers. He at least looked capable, you know. But this is year four for him. But that seems to be, you know, Green Bay's recipe is, what, four years or two. Aaron Rodgers had three, right? Yeah, yeah, three. Yeah, all right. Maybe
1: three.
0: I can definitely feel you. Um, and to your point, I feel like Trevor Lawrence had a start – In today's NFL, I feel like he is the prototypical quarterback. He can make the throws. He can scramble a little bit. But uh, he didn't have no receivers last year either. Uh, Rick, what do you feel about quarterbacks, the ones that are drafted very early? Do you think some of them should sit? Or do you think there is pressure on the GM to, like, start them immediately?
2: I, I agree with what Rip said. I think it depends on the situation. A lot of a lot of these good quarterbacks get drafted to a pretty bad team, so they don't have the offensive line because that team's also, you know, rebuilding or they don't have the receivers or whatever. They might have one or two weapons to throw the ball to, so it just looks bad. Um, Justin Fields is a prime example of that. Um, so, yeah, I just think it just depends on the, the situation. Um, if you're a quarterback that gets drafted towards the end of the first round, like a Jordan Love, if Aaron Rodgers was on his way out the door, then possibly, like possibly he probably could have started his first year uh he had Devontae Adams. So I just think it just depends on that. Um I agree Trevor Lawrence definitely had to start. He's like a he's he's a person that that you had to start. There wasn't another quarterback. Like when Daniel Jones got started, uh, when Daniel Jones got drafted, we had Eli Manning still, so he could sit behind him. Um, but Trevor Lawrence didn't have anybody like that. And Baker and Mayfield didn't have anybody like that. And Sam Darnold didn't. But those are also – those also have been bad franchises. So, um, I agree with Rib. I think it just depends on the situation for real. All
0: right. Bravo. Hearing the other GM's league's point – GM's in our league's points, do you have anything
1: different from that or do you just agree with what's been said so far? Oh, for the most part, like, I can agree, but I also feel like there's pressure from a front office standpoint, like, if you pick a guy high, they expect to see him quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of feel like, you know, if you're a number one pick, you definitely going to play early. And it's also got to take into consideration, like, we see situations like Aaron Rodgers, and we see situations like Mahomes, where they got to sit for a year, but not – Most teams picking that high or picking quarterbacks don't have the luxury of having a guy that their rookie can sit behind. So they kind of force to throw the young guy in there early. And oftentimes their team is not really built for him to have success. So, you know, I just think of, I don't know, man, it just has to be a perfect storm for a young guy to come in and be successful early. Um, But that perfect storm is rare. So I think I personally love to be able to sit my quarterback for a year and have him just kind of observe and learn. But the reality of it is if we got to pick a quarterback there early, then that means our team wasn't good and we probably need him to play.
0: All right. I'm going to shift it. We're going to talk about a little college thing, something that's very popular right now. I want to talk about Mr. Deion Sanders, Mr. Primetime. How do y'all feel with the way he left? Cause he came in and said guys sent him here to pretty much save HBCUs. Like um, but he also said he was gonna take entertain them power five deals. Uh Rick, how do you feel about the way that Prime left?
2: Uh, it's a mixed bag for me. I can I can see both sides. Uh I can see the sides where the people was like, Yeah, you promised to put you was going to put HBCUs on the map. You went to these uh kids' um, house and told their parents that they that, that, that you're going to be like a father figure to them for four years. And, you know, I know the rebuttal to that is, well, other coaches do that too. But, I mean, this is so, kind of an agenda that Dion can't put out when he first went to Jackson State. He was going to put HBCUs on the map. And um, I think the timing is what – has been the major issue coaches grow and coaches leave my guy did it after two years um but then on the other hand I also agree like Jackson State didn't provide the best facilities Jackson State didn't wasn't paying the assistant coaches well Dion was coming out of pocket he had to have his friends like Diddy uh put, donate a million dollars to their training facilities and you know you can only do so much before you get tired and when you get to get Put to a cop, uh, given an opportunity like Colorado, which is a Power Five school, um, and you know that you can have your players, some of your players from Jackson State transfer, and you're gonna have all these other recruits want to come because they want to play for Prime, regardless of what what school it is. Like, I definitely agree um, with those people too. So, I just it's it's a mixed bag. I definitely think he did what's best for him and his family. Um, I personally think he. Should've went to Cincinnati, but I also like, I'm not a coach. So I'm looking, I'm looking from the house. So, like I said, I rock with both, uh, both people or both groups who say that, say one or the other, but if I had to pick one, I'm riding with the, with him making the best decision. What's best for him. Like you can only go so long before you like, all right, bro. Like if this is all the help you're going to give me, let me go somewhere that's going to help me more. So Shout-out to him, man. Shout-out to his family, bringing his son there to be the starting quarterback. Uh, Travis Hunter's going to transfer there as well. Hell, they they, they dibbing and dabbling in South Bend trying to take some of our recruits, too. I don't like all that, but definitely shout-out to him, man.
0: Bravo, what you think about uh, primetime taking the step to Colorado? I'm honestly, um, correct me if I'm wrong, he's actually the only black coach in the Pac-12 right now. But um, how do you think about how he left, when he left, and the perception of what's surrounding his story right now?
1: Um, I personally don't have a problem with it because at the end of the day, bro, like, it's all about progression. And if anybody really thought that Deion Sanders was going to stay at that HBCU his entire career, they were fooling themselves. That job was always going to be a stepping stone job. If you believed anything other than that, then you was just gullible. Now, to the point where they say, like, he said he was going to do this and say he's going to do that. Technically, he did. We saw ESPN um, game day at an HBCU. When have you ever seen that? Actually, I, said they, I feel like they said it's been like 40 or 50 years since that's happened, twice. Time. We've seen Jackson State all over TV. We've seen other HBCUs all over TV. Matter of fact, didn't they get like an ESPN deal now where HBCUs are going to get broadcasted on ESPN? Is Jackson State not in a better position than what they were when Dion got there because of him? So while people feel like, oh, he's dipping out, he did everything he said he was going to do. He elevated that university. Now it's the job of whoever comes in there next to try and maintain, take that momentum and continue to move. If anything, he's given them a blueprint with Jackson State and all the other HBCUs on how to do what they need to do. You feel me? Um, another thing I don't like, because a lot of the people that complain about the way he left with just him leaving in general, are – alumni from HBCUs and most HBCUs are underfunded. You know why? Because their alumni don't donate any money to them. Looking at a stat, they were saying one out of 10 HBCU alumni donates money to their previous school. One out of 10 HBCU alumni donate money to their school. So you complaining about Dion leaving when he took money out of his paycheck that he was also paying his coaching staff with to help, bring this university up and help to provide for the facilities meanwhile you as an alumni don't even do that to help your university so i don't know man i don't have no problem with it like again it's all about elevation i feel like Colorado is gonna be a stepping stone too i don't know if he's trying to get to a bigger university or i hope he or maybe he's trying to get to the nfl but i mean y'all mad about colorado but he's about to do the same thing there i can dig it rob what you feel about the situation uh, man, I'm,
3: I'm glad he left and got a, and got a better job, man. Like people are crazy. Anybody that's complaining about him leaving, ask him what they doing and then put, put everything on the line just like that and ask him if they turn it down. They wouldn't because they would come up with any other excuse, a reason why they would take it. So it's just like, man, they just hating. And for us, it's just like, it's not Deion Sanders responsibility to put the entire HBCU, uh, <clears throat> college football program on, but he kind of did you know what I'm saying? So he didn't even come. He didn't come from an HBCU, you know what I'm saying? Like, be thankful that he came there for two years and did what he did. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he left, but all coaches leave like that. Like, who ain't left a job like that? You know what I'm saying? When opportunity comes, you got to take that stuff. So, you know, I don't really hate him for leaving like that. And honestly, I think he's going to be all right in Colorado, too, because, yo, they're going to give him the resources, and they want to be good. They were they were all right at one point. Like, they were competing, you know. so. I think they'll be back, man. All right. My take on it, just look up Bomani
0: Jones' YouTube. Bomani Jones talks about Deion Sanders. That's honestly my take. I agree with him and how he broke it down 100%. I want to throw in a slander segment to end this episode. I'm going to completely catch y'all off guard. Who is the one GM in our league that you would not want leading your team? Hmm. I'm going to start. I'm going to say Como. Bravo, (laughs) who is the one GM in our league that you wouldn't want (laughs) leading
1: your team? I mean, shit, looking at my past two seasons, I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) say (laughs) myself. Rob, who is
0: the one GM in our league that you wouldn't want running your team? You putting the money behind it. Who is the one GM you don't want running your team?
3: Cool. And this in there now? Yeah. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just being, but if you you put the money behind it. I got to be honest. I'm going to say Bravo because he has extremely, extremely bad luck. I can't Bro, remember. Facts. He had his first round, his first pick healthy all year. Like something always, Fact. like always happens. Facts. So. <laughs> I'm gonna say bravo because Camo's actually won and has been to the and been to the playoffs quite a few times. I know you know he may be irrational, but he he has won. <laughs> it's crazy, <laughs> I know. But Rick, yeah. who's the one
0: GM in our league you don't want running your team?
2: Man, I'ma join the consensus. I'm gonna say bravo too, bro. <laughs> the only reason why I think bravo What's gets what, up on his top picks too too early, bro. Like he gave up on Ty Gurley and traded him. And he gave up on Jonathan Taylor and traded him. And he does bro. have really bad luck. Like don't I'm not saying I'm not taking that away. I think Bravo has the worst luck in in football. But I think because of that, because of that bad luck, he, he tries to find other ways to like make his team better and he gets rid of his best player every time.
1: Bruh, Jonathan Taylor, we went through what? When we make a trade, was it like week eight or nine? Yeah. Bro. yeah. We was halfway through the season, bruh, and he had one double digit game. Yeah, I stuck with him as long as I could, fam. Like, if I didn't make a move, I mean, shit, I ain't in a better place now. But if I didn't make a move, I might not have won another game the rest of the year.
2: Should've, you should have, you should have traded him for Tom
1: Brady.